Today, we are going to share some secrets on how to keep more income for yourself and give less of it to the IRS, but all legally and IRS supported, of course, through tax credits. We're going to discuss which tax credits most small businesses miss taking out, which credits give the best bang for the buck. We'll talk some sketchy tax credit situations to avoid and whether your accounting firm should be handling tax credit yourself or looking to outsource it to a partner. All of this here on Drink While You Think, the happy hour conversation between a couple of guys building their firm in really weird ways. Let me tell you about our sponsor today. And our sponsor is Trimerit. They support CPAs, CFOs, and owners of small to mid-sized businesses by serving as an extension of their advisory team to lessen the tax burden and increase the cash flow. Trimerit turns a complex process into a refreshingly straightforward experience that requires minimal time and effort from CPAs and their clients. Yeah, we're talking about tax credits. They help get tax credits for small businesses and mid-sized businesses. So let's welcome here to the show. I'm your co-host, Kenji. My other co-host there is Matthew. And I do the I do, do the sponsor thing better than you. I'll do it back next time. Sorry. <laughs> He'll do it next time, but I had, I had to cut up some slack for him. Welcome to Drink sure. While You Think. Trimerit today is our sponsor. Remember how you sponsor Drink While You Think? All you do is send us beer. There you go. It's just like that it. easy. All right, Randy, we are happy to have you here, my friend. Randy, tell us who you are, what you're up to, and then finish us off with what are you drinking today? Oh, definitely a couple of things. Did my marketing department write that intro? They, that was really good. So I don't know if that's <laughs> that's our thing, but uh, I appreciate that. That is what we do. Um, uh, so just real quick, you mentioned Trimerit. That's the, the company I'm with. I started Trimerit 15 years ago. We are a national specialty tax firm supporting the CPAs, like you said. And and I get to do I get to do fun things like uh, t- drink beers with you guys. And that's really my job is, is drinking beer and doing a little tax talk. You didn't tell me we we're going to talk tax. I thought we were just going to drink beer, but I can talk tax too. So we're going to mix the two, which actually yeah. you're the perfect person to do that with because I, it's before you tell us what you're drinking, tell everyone else your other, what else you're involved with. Your yeah, side gig. My side gig. My side hustle. Your side uh, hustle. <laughs> as the kids say, what's yes. your side hustle? My side hustle is, uh, oh, how many years ago now? Let's say it's about six years ago. I got involved with a, a gentleman, Chris Quinn. And Chris, uh, at the time, had a liquor store, craft beer store called the Beer Temple. And he and I started talking. We hit it off. And one that we ended up doing is extending this into a bar and a, a craft beer store. So I am now a, a very happy a partner at the Beer Temple a Bar and Liquor Store in Chicago. Oh, that's Ooh. awesome. That's awesome. And that's, uh, one step further, a very highly acclaimed craft beer in, uh, a store in, in Bottle Shop. We were, everybody puts out lists on craft beer bars around the country around the world the most recent list i saw we were the 14th best highest rated craft beer bar in the world so it's a pretty cool thing to be part of so a drink while you think perfect guest so perfect guest so tell us what you're drinking like this is going to be high pressure for this brewery whoever you pick today so <laughs> so, so i picked 
And I'll tell you why. It's a, it's kind of an iconic Chicago beer. I'm guessing nobody around the country has heard of this, but the beer I have is called Jungle Boogie. Uh, Jungle Boogie by Mars Brewing, which is the south side of Chicago. And this is a, a pale wheat ale that's brewed with rooibos tea. And at the end, I'm assuming we'll talk about that type of oh, thing. Yeah. But this is the beer I'm drinking today. Oh, nice. that's cool. And in my, hold on, in my Trimerit branded glass or <laughs> my beer temple branded glass. I got to figure <laughs> out which one. So. I always go with the bigger one. That's, just yeah, that's what I'm going to do. There you go. <laughs> Oh, All right, Matthew, what about you? It. Oh, Kenji, you, you're going to pour, so you tell, tell okay, us. Okay, I'll tell mine first. Can... Um, I'm doing, this is again, Randy and crew from Trimerit sent this, the Vallejo IPA. This is from Half Acre Beer. Randy and I were talking about Half Acre. They're kind of some OG, some of the original kind of craft folks in Chicago. Um, it looks like it's a 6.7%-er. And this is what Randy and I do because we're professionals. We use a glass, Matthew. He always makes fun of me. Yeah. So, Matthew, what about you? So I'm going with Gorilla Cookies by uh, St. Errant Brewing, also in Chicago. I'm really excited about it. It's, uh, it. it is my kind of beer. Imperial Stout with hazelnut, cinnamon, coffee, and cocoa, cocoa nibs, not just cocoa. And uh, it is an 11 percenter. Whoa. And, uh, so... That is the kind of day it's been. So that'll be good. So <laughs> cheers, everybody. Cheers, guys. Cheers. Randy, thank you, sir. Mm. I have to tell you, when I heard the, about your show, I actually did everything I could to force my way in here. So thanks for having me. <laughs> you did it well. You, you're. I have a feeling this is not going to be the last time people, people see Randy on the show. We're going to need some other expertise <laughs> beyond task credits. Um, I guess before we jump in the task credits you mentioned quickly like how did were you a big craft beer fan prior to kind of you know going to the beer temple or how did that even yeah out? so i can make a long story really long so i'll try to keep it short <laughs> um i've always enjoyed what i thought was a better beer, even in college, you know, I would drink a Michelob or a St. Pauli girl instead of an old Milwaukee or a, a Stroh's, although Stroh's was not bad, but uh, yeah. um, I'm aging myself a little there too. Um, but yeah, I, about oh, 10 plus years ago, probably a little longer, 15 years ago, I started trying started traveling. When I was traveling, I saw these breweries around the country, little breweries pop up and I'm like, okay, this is interesting. So I'd go and try their beers and just had a, a good time. And, and that passion just grew over the years. And, and then, uh, eight, well, again, I'm trying to make this short eight years ago, I was really into craft beer. I actually had a stroke. And when I was recovering from that stroke, and I'm fully recovered, which is, uh, you know, I am, I am not the norm with that. I'm very blessed with that. Yeah. When I was recovering from it, I was just walking around our neighborhood, listening to podcasts. And one of the podcasts I was listening to was the Beer Temple podcast hosted by Chris Quinn, who is now my mm. partner. And that's how we really uh, got connected. I got to know him before I even met him, which was pretty cool. Wow. It's okay. So podcasts just bring people together. Just saying. Yep. I, I have to interrupt here. And we usually check in on how the beers are. Randy, you can pick my beer anytime. <laughs> <laughs> Kenji, this is 
This is like he hit me on the nose. I know you picked this one out for me. Oh, I did. God, this is a good beer. Oh my God, stout people go to yes. Chicago. Chicago oh does some very good. When I'm assuming they call it this around the country, but pastry stouts. Pastry yeah, stouts. There's, yep, yeah. there's very very good pastry stouts being brewed in Chicago. Well, and some surprisingly good West Coast IPAs here. This is yeah. this is outstanding. So that was, it's funny, uh, and we're never going to get to tax credit, which is fine (laughs) with me, but it's funny because I was having that discussion today. I was like, okay, why does not Chicago not have any really good West Coast IPAs? They make some Mm -hmm. good IPAs, they make some good pale ales, they make some, but the West Coast, you know, to me, a Swami out of Pizza Port or a amalgamator out of Beechwood, or, you know, even the, you know, obviously uh, Russian River Pliny the Elder. Yeah, which is, I'm wearing a Pliny sweatshirt today, um, or a Russian River sweatshirt. Um, But then the Vallejo, I was going, oh yeah, the Vallejo is a really good beer. And so it's funny you said that. It It is. is It's very solid. Uh, Again, Chicago, it's getting to be about the time. We'll we'll be a little bit of a our chamber of commerce here before we get the task cuts, but I'm telling you, it's starting to get weather starting to start to get good. I don't think there's any better place for eating, drinking festivals than Chicago and the good weather. It's fantastic. So in the summer for Chicago in the summer, however. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. Just, get- and just so you know, we're respectable. Pliny the elder did make an appearance on drink. What you think? Really? Yes. Yep. Our friends at on pay sent us Pliny the elder. Onpay, and, yeah. And they, and, they, and um, even I liked it. Yeah, as a, as an IPA, so oh, that is iconic. It's a great beer. I spent uh, January. I spent all of February in uh, uh, living twenty five minutes away from uh, both their breweries. So I got I had quite a few Pliny the Elders uh, <laughs> earlier this year, and very fortunate got to have Pliny the Younger, the younger? too, which is oh, yeah. Wow. That's awesome. I think that's, that's my awesome. fourth time maybe having Younger, and it's uh, yeah, it's just a really cool experience. I'll say it, it is, I think it's one of the cool things about beer is you can, I had that exact same experience by traveling. There's always a brewery or somewhere to go. And it's just, it's a good gathering place for people. Just kind of, I think it's awesome to go do while traveling. You and I were just yep. talking, Randy, about little small towns in Illinois where I grew up as a kid that were like, I would never imagine have breweries and they, and they do now. So anyway, cool thing. Yep. If you're out traveling and you like beer, like trying out beers, check it out next time you're out and doing it. So Okay, let's get to the accounting. The, the the really exciting stuff here on tax credits. Enough of the boring beer talk. Boring let's beer let's stuff. talk about the super exciting yeah. tax credit talk, which it is. It I, is, I, it it is, is exciting. So what's the I mean, what out there right now do you think is the low-hanging fruit of like tax credits, Randy? Like what's the stuff that like is just well everybody should be an, looking at? Yeah, there's an obvious one right now. There's an obvious one that everybody in the country is being contacted about telling them that they qualify and they don't all qualify, which is the employer retention credit. This is this is the most obvious one. Everybody should look at it, but you have to qualify. You either are requirements. It's not just I'm an existing business. And so therefore I qualify. That's not the truth. And I'm I hear this way too often. So but if you do qualify and I won't go deep into it, but if you have a drop in revenue in 20 or 21, you want to look at it, or if you were affected by some government mandate that restricted your ability to conduct your business, you want to look at it because the values can be huge to the standpoint. If, you, if you're if you a 10-person business and you qualify the entire period, there's $260,000 of refund checks sitting out there for you. So that's why Oof. it is being marketed hard 
but that's also why there's a lot of misinformation out there. Are you having to help unwind that for people? I mean, are you running into situations where people have chased that kind of rabbit, you know, and it's been an incorrect assumption that they should get it? Are you having to help out in those cases, Randy? It's happening daily. Yeah, yeah daily. And, and we're very fortunate. We work with CPA firms, tax preparers around the country. Uh, when I say CPA firms, I, I'm saying, I mean, obviously I'm proud I'm a CPA, but I'm tax preparers, EAs, CPAs, and we deal with them around the country. And, and so I get calls and they realize that we are, and you know, this is my opinion, but I think people will support that. We, we do it right. And they understand that. And so when they're client calls them and say, you know, their client is a, uh, um, you know, a, whatever, pick an example, a law firm. And they say, yeah, we just, someone told us we qualify every quarter and, and we got two and a half million dollars of credit sitting here for us. We got to start taking this. That's when the tax preparer will call me and say, hey, let's look at this and see if it really does. Now, I had that, that exact scenario yesterday where when we looked at it, they did qualify, but it was for two months. There was a yeah. two-month period, but that two-month period was still a very significant refund check form. They did not qualify for six quarters as what they were being told they qualified for. Gotcha. Gotcha. Any, uh, beyond, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Beyond that, like I think the ERC, is there anything else that, um, you know, I know that you guys do a wide variety of tax credit work beyond like ERC, yep. what's probably the other one that's next next in line, like most popular or at yep. least that people should be looking at that people may not be aware. I mean, I guess ERC in some ways, everyone's getting hounded for that one. They are. Is there anything that people may not be thinking of that like, geez, more people probably qualify than they realize? I think there's two. Let me start with, with R&D tax credits. And mm-hmm. and you wouldn't, right away, people are tuning out. Okay, I don't have any manufacturers. I don't, I'm not, I'm not, I don't have anybody that deals with R&D tax credits. Well, well research development the tax credit is mainly used by manufacturers, but software developers as well is the second biggest user of the credit. And, or anybody that develops software for their own use potentially. And that's where it's missed a lot mm-hmm. because I'll give, give you an example. We talked about uh, the Beer Temple, uh, the bar I'm part of. We have a very robust uh, delivery program around the country. We delivered beer to you guys, but we have a store online uh, that people can order, which is getting ramped up because it was—it's pretty ugly right now. It was—it was going well. We're switching over to a new program, so it'll be next a week from no on Monday. I don't know when you release this, but on Monday the new website goes up. The bottom line is that online store consisted of software development. So we had to develop the software for that online store. And we also had to develop software to have the online store talk to ShipEasy, talk to Big Commerce, talk to our inventory control, talk to FedEx, and creating all that software to make all these components speak to each other is R&D. And so we have a bar, a liquor store, that is taking an R&D tax credit. So that's where there you can't, especially with the last two years, with people had to be more technically savvy and, and retail stores had to turn on to online stores and, and whatever ever else. You have a lot of hidden R&D tax credits sitting out there probably these days. Yeah, I, I think still one of the biggest problems with the R&D tax credit is like, with you know how we take CPE and stuff as CPAs, the first time we took CPE and R and D, you could only get it as a tax refund, and a lot of people missed when it switched to a payroll tax credit for the people that aren't making money, like venture back companies or software yes. and stuff yep. like that. So, 
So some people don't know a part of our education is like, because the same thing happens then in the community, right? Where the, the startups are like, no, my last startup, we couldn't take that because it was deferred. It was just in my NOLs and I'm not paying somebody for an NOL. Right. Um, so now you can get a, a U.S. federal payroll tax credit for R&D cr- tax credits too. And I think that's what people miss a lot of times. It's just, a, um, you know, it's one of those unfortunate things as things evolved. Us trying to keep up with everything is tough as CPAs. Right. Oh, absolutely. You can't CPA, do it, especially as a, as a small business owner, right? You just think to yourself, oh, log- yeah, much less the small business owners. Logically, you're <laughs> like, well, let's say I'm losing money. I'm a startup that's raised a couple of rounds. How am I going to be eligible for a tax credit? Because I'm on the right. other side of this. And they, like, well, wait a minute. There are the payroll tax side of it. So, yeah, there's, yep. there's some things there. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. And that's a, that was a big deal when that came out in 2017, I think was the year 16, maybe it was defined. 17, maybe it was the first year. And Times times doesn't mean anything anymore, but uh, um, whatever it was, I wasn't sure how many of those we would do because you know it is a it's a smaller business, less than five million dollars of revenue, yeah. but most of them are technology based that are look, taking this and they put a ton of money into R and D, and so we ended up doing way more of these payroll tax credits than I originally thought, and that's a huge part of our business now. Wow, yeah. that's awesome! That's awesome. Were you just, there was another one, Randy, what, what comes, you mentioned there was another one you came to mind too, that people may not be thinking of. So the one that they don't think of, and it's not as sexy maybe as the other ones, but yeah. it's the Watsi, the work opportunity tax credit. Mm. And the interesting thing about this is it's a, it's a new hire credit. Well, we got a lot. That's why I wanted to bring that up. We have a lot of new hires out there right now. And mm-hmm. a lot of people, even, even if they're not in the workforce, changing jobs as well. Um, but it's really an incentive for people to hire individuals that have some kind of barrier to being hired. You know, an ex-felon, ex-military, living in certain geographic areas that may not be as affluent. Um, and so now if we hire people in those areas, there's tax credits there. And, 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 and so uh, it, the yeah. military, the military one is the biggest, right? In that one, like it's that, a huge one. Yeah, Candy, it's up to right? ninety six hundred dollars uh, a credit per person. For, right? Yep, per person, and wow. it, there's different categories of the military credit as well. There's certain that are twenty four hundred. There's others that are ninety six hundred. The interesting thing about Matthew, you brought that up. The military version of the Watsi can be taken by nonprofits as well, and oh, so wow. even though it's a tax mm. credit, it's kind of similar to the R and D. We can use it to offset payroll taxes for nonprofits. Oh, like a grant. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. That's interesting. Holy cow. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. When I, when I have talked to startups and other people about that and other companies, they, they, they kind of get, oh, gloss their eyes over until you say military. And you're like, like, and then they're like, that's really, really good uh, kind of, kind of stuff there. So. Yeah. yeah, no, that's that's a good one, especially these days. We deal with there's three other things we deal with too, but those are the ones that are probably the, the most ones. pertinent right now. Yeah. I mean, we do a lot of real estate incentives like cost seg and 179D, which is the energy efficient commercial building deduction, and yeah. 45L, which is a credit for developers of residential property. Gotcha. And those are key ones too that you should, if you do anything with real estate, don't ignore them. Gotcha. Yeah, facilities, anytime you have big facilities, those cost segs are. Big, oh yeah, big, big bucks deals. for people, especially if you're remodeling them, and so you can take that. Like, oh, yep. huge. All those things there. So, can I take you off track, Kenji? I used yeah, to ask questions, Randy. So, yeah, yeah. okay, yeah. I have an ERC question for you. Yes, because so, my brother, who has a small business, calls me about this, and he's like, "I just learned about this. How far back can people go and still get that credit, and how long do they have to do it?" 
Oh, you give me an easy one. I thought I was getting prepared for a tough question. No, no, no. This is my brother's like, <laughs> am I screwed? Like, how long? Like, I'm going to send him this clip, by the way, because he never believes me. So. <laughs> I love that question because this is part of the misinformation out there right now. People oh. were being pressured saying, hey, you're about to lose this. You sign our contract now because we can do, get this done before the deadline. Our first deadline on filing the very first potential quarter for the credit is July 31st of 2023. So we have well over a year before we lose any ability to take any of the credit. The credit came into play March 13th of 2020. That's the first date we're eligible, potentially eligible. We have to look to see if you're eligible, but March 13th of 2020 was the first date you potentially are eligible. For most companies, the last date is September 30th of 21. So the third quarter, the first three quarters of 21. But if you meet the requirements to be called a recovery startup business, you've got the fourth quarter of 21 potentially eligible to you as well. Yeah, which is why we call you instead of trying to figure it out ourselves as firm owners. <laughs> yeah. Well, and Kenji mentioned that this is not a one plus one equals two thing. And okay, we're done. Let's do it. There's a lot of interplay between this and other credits and incentives and PPP and idle loans and restaurant revitalization grants and FFCRA and FMLA. I could keep going on forever. And that state grants and all this. So it's you got to be very careful that you're not double dipping on incentives, but it's you usually can get a pretty good ERC, even if you've had these other incentives. And a lot of times we can still maximize. We just have to show that we allocated out these expenses to different things. Yeah. I, I think what's that's the, what's the big is the biggest haircut PPP on that? The biggest haircuts PPP most likely. And it also just depends on what people use for forgiveness. If they use eight weeks, it affects us a lot more when we calculate the ERC. If they hmm. use 24 weeks for forgiveness, we have a lot more flexibility. Um, but the other one is. R&D can have a very strange interplay with ERC and the rules for R&D and ERC interplay for the year 21 are different in the first six months of 21 than they are in the second six months of 21. And not just R&D, other Watsis in there, military credit, Indian tax credit, Indian employment credit. I can't, I I don't know the names off the top of my head, but there's other credits out there too that have this change in interplay the second six months of the year. Yep. It's an, it's it's in fact I just wrote an article that's about to be published, but it's not published yet, so maybe I shouldn't say. Well, no, they committed; they had me sign, so it's going in AICPA uh, tax advisor and one other place. So yeah, the, we're yeah. going to talk about that interplay. Yeah, I mean, I, I, you're you're answering one of the questions I had perfectly, you know, in advance. But I think this reminds me a little bit of like sales tax in the way of where I hear firms who are like, well, should I just launch a practice of this on my own or do I have to outsource it? You know, and they kind of start going back and forth. Well, maybe I should just do it myself. I feel like when I was, I was going to ask you, and obviously you're, you're there to partner with firms like ours and others, but um, just in hearing this described and trying to stay on top of all, it reminds me of like, is it for, for a, traditional firm who's maybe doing CAS like we are, or maybe more traditional work, trying to spin up something around tax credits is really difficult. It sounds like, would you say you'd have to be a firm of fairly significant scale and size to really have your own tax credit practice? I mean, where do you see that delineation of when maybe someone should think about it or like, hey, don't even worry about going there? 
Yeah, so that that's that's tough. With the, I mean, with R and D, it's probably different than the ERC because the ERC, you're not going to do it at this point. It's you're you're too far past it, so you're not going to spin that up. I spin it up in R and D practice. I mean, most of our people out in the field are engineers. First, you got to be committed to. I feel hiring engineers as a CPA firm or a tax firm or a cast firm. Are you committed to that? They're a different breed. So, you know, we're all accountants. So we can talk, we can talk about them differently, but right. well, I don't know. Are we all accountants? But so we could talk about they're, they're a different breed, but they're great. And so um, you got to decide that we don't see many firms really under the top 100 that are trying to spin up their own mm. R&D practice. It, it's it. We just, you know, they have for sure, but we don't see a lot there. You'll see it in the top 100, but even that we don't, I mean, was it 20% of those maybe have an R&D practice? I'm guessing I could be way off, but I'm yeah. guessing it's not a lot. And I know because we support a lot of those firms as well. That makes sense. That makes 250 sense. spots to go, Kenji, and we can get an R&D practice. <laughs> How about no? How about like, that just sounds like I'd rather, why don't I just I'd rather call Randy? He sends us beer and he, he's already helped on one, I, a friend I sent over, but anyway, it, yeah. It, and you did, I appreciate that. Well, but yeah. that's, that's the kind of thing there too. You want to help someone. And I think we realize there is such good opportunities that are presented. I mean, again, by this is, this is the, the way to go out there and have tax savings, which always perks up business owners and to do it in the proper way. And I guess, you know, maybe getting back to, we'll kind of hit it again, but before we start rating our beers and talking about the beers again, um, you mentioned some of the, the I, pseudo sketchy, shady things going on around ERC. Um, kind of talked about that. What are other things to where I would say, because most other firm owners listen to this, what are some other things that people need to be thoughtful about if maybe they're like, let's say they're a CAS firm like we are, and you're in there doing the accounting in the books for a client and you're hearing about, well, so-and-so is doing tax credits for us. Are there things that we should be helping our clients look out for like, hey, this doesn't feel right. I, I Now, I know it's a little bit different. I think about um, friends of mine who've been entrepreneurs who've had some horror stories around things like conservation easements. I mean, it's a little, oh, it's a little bit. Everybody's getting. Oh, yeah. Things like that. Yes. There's just been some things that have kind of gone really wrong for some folks. I mean, yep. are, there, are there things that you would tell us as firm owners to be going, gosh, look out for these things? Because this, this, this could be a way you could maybe help your client avoid a misstep. Yeah, I guess besides ERC, and that's the biggest thing is just just if somebody's being promised a credit, make sure you you look at it, or or me. You, I'll I'll give my number out to everybody. They can call me if they have concerns. Not that I I'm no commitments. I just want to make sure your client's not taking something they shouldn't. Besides yeah. ERC, um, with R and D, that's the next biggest one, and that's what we we started as an R and D tax credit firm. So, so my passion, I can get passionate, real passionate talking to ERC. R and D is typically that way too, <laughs> and so so what to look out for is there's industries for sure. Construction industry, you can definitely see R and D tax credits. You can, but IRS hates it, and IRS will argue against it. And often, what I've seen is there very aggressive credits in that industry. Just a personal opinion, but I've seen credits taken in that industry. We've taken them in construction. They definitely could qualify. It's more when you have a design build, you know, uh, type of project, uh, mechanicals, you know, potential 
potentially, you know, new HVAT or electrical system or, or, or lighting system that has some uniqueness to it. Not just, okay, we ran these wires, but hey, there was a, a beam here. So we had to move these wires. That's not R&D. That's just a field change. It's more, let's design this to be maybe a little more energy efficient HVAC system, or let's design these new footers because we're in San Francisco and we're making this more earthquake proof. You know, we want to see some uniqueness there. Um, the other thing that happens is risk. You can qualify for the credit, you know, developing a new or improved product, process, technique, formula, invention, or software. That's the categories called out. And I went through that fast, but you can slow down the tape when you run this. Um, have to have technology involved, some kind of science involved. Have to have some level of uncertainty. This is where people eliminate themselves. The uncertainty doesn't have to be new to the world uncertainty. The uncertainty has can be, can I do this better, faster, cheaper, more efficient, less waste, less operations? That's enough uncertainty. And then, and then because there's uncertainty, I'm going to experiment. That's all great. Look at what you're doing. Do we meet those four? There's one overriding factor. Did I take economic risk on for this project? And that's where people miss a lot. And mm -hmm. a Key example of that is software development. If, if go back to the beer temple, if we were paying an outside developer to develop this new online store for us, and they said they could do this for 20 grand and we don't have to pay them unless they deliver this successful project, the beer temple didn't take on the risk there. The developer did. Mm -hmm. If the, the scenario was reversed and the developer said, okay, we're going to do this for you. We're going to charge you $200 an hour. And you got to pay us and hopefully we can make this. Well, now Beer Temple took on the risk. So that's the thing where people miss. So just be aware that, hey, meet the four-part test, great. But also make sure you as the taxpayer are on the hook if this wasn't successful. You, you know, you're still on the hook to pay or you're the one that's going to get hurt financially if it doesn't work. That's yeah. a key thing I'd be aware of. Yeah. Uh, one last thing around that. I think about some of the documentation I've seen that, you know, someone who's doing the tax credits appropriately really has to go through. Like it's, it could be pretty rigorous. Are, are there things that, I don't know if I'd know exactly what to look for, but if, yeah. if I were like, okay, someone's going to come in and do this work. What, uh, you know, I don't know if it's like, okay, well, you would want that documentation to weigh this much and stack this high, or if it's what things around documentation, Randy, do you typically, yep. would you maybe say would be a quick way for or at least firms to kind of get a sense of whether whoever's doing the credit really is going to do the proper documentation. You are hitting the key things because this is this is something I should have said right away because IRS just last October 15th of 2021 came out with some new uh, rules that are only for amended tax returns right now, but this will give you a good idea of what they want to see. So on amended tax returns, they now say that you have to identify every business component that the credit's based on so you can't just say, I've got five engineers. They all did R&D. Here's my credits based on these five engineers, wages of 100 grand each, $500,000 of wages. My credit's 50,000. Boom. That's it. People have done that. And it's probably not inaccurate, but you can't do that. IRS is now saying, and I'm, if I'm, and I'm talking fast, IRS is now saying that on amended returns, and I say this because my thought is they're going to do this on all returns once they see that this is working on amended returns. On amended returns, you have to identify every business component, which is the newer improved product process technique, formula, invention, or software that the product that the credit's based on. Identify mm -hmm. each one individually, 
give us a list. Also, give us a list on all those, let's say it's five projects, which employees were working on which of those projects, name the employees at a minimum by title. Um, but originally they said by name, but now they've pulled that back to by title. Who were the individuals working on each of those projects? What R&D activity were they doing on each project? And what uncertainty were they trying to eliminate? What were they trying to discover? That now is the new documentation requirement. We've always done this. This is how we've always expected that the credit has to, the documentation has to be out there. But that is now has to be submitted on amended claims, in my opinion, going forward. That'll probably become the norm as well. And that's because there are some sloppy credits been done out there that's just based on, you know, hey, let's throw a dart. All right, we're probably pretty close. Let's take that onto the calculation of the credit. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, 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 and probably if they do that, they're conservative, which is fine, but IRS doesn't like it. They want to see that documentation in place. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 listen, I mean, there's great value to be had out there in these tax credits. There's just some work involved. I mean, you got to yeah. do a little, you got to do a little bit of work to get it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And you said it at the beginning, nah, sorry, you get me going here. Kenji. I can't <laughs> help myself. You said it at the beginning, our goal is to minimize the taxpayer's time because we know they have no desire to be doing R&D tax credit documentation work. They want to do their manufacturing work, their software development work. That's fine. We're not, we're not there to be an interruption. We're there to take as much time off of this as possible for you. There's some time requirements we're going to need, and we're going to give you an ROI as we go. And if it doesn't make sense at some point, you pull the plug and, and, and we're done. You don't owe us anything. If we go forward, then you do. So it's, it's a time inten intensive on our end. We try to minimize the time on the taxpayer's end. Yeah. We, my favorite, my favorite R&D story of all time. We were talking with the R&D person uh, who's doing the study for storage labs. So one of our clients is trying to compete with Amazon's S3 storage, but they're trying to do it in the like decentralized. So you like literally do what Amazon does for storage, but on everybody's hard drives around the world. Right. And they're like, they're like, Tell us what you're doing that's new or innovative or challenging. And they're like, we literally Everything. don't know if this will work. This yeah, is like 17. Yeah. We're like, we haven't made it work yet. Like, <laughs> come on, man. This is R&D. Uncertainty so like, is key. Documentation is just as key, though. Highly, so, highly uncertain. That, that portion, so from yes. 2017 yeah. to 2019, those yeah. conversations with the client were like, they were like, come on, man. Like, don't ask me stupid Everything. Questions. In 2020 and 21, it was fair because it was like, it was working now. Like, they right. like had kind of proved the thesis. Yep. It was pretty funny. I was like, I'm sh this is going to just talk to the accountant. It's okay. Spend time with the accountant. Like, resuscitate them. You know, like, like it was pretty funny. Oh, that's so, cool. Yeah, I've yeah. got to see some. I don't go in the field at all anymore. My job is just speaking, like I said before. Um, but man, that's been when we started 15 years ago. I saw some really cool stuff going on out there. Oh, there's I'm cool sure. stuff going on. I'm sure. There. Now, now you just get to you know speak and speak and have beers with us. You know, so there. Oh, yeah. We do have to plug your podcast. Yes, that's true. Uh, I was going to say, um, let's yeah, let's let's plug. Where can folks reach out to you or plug your podcast, Randy? And then we'll do some rating of our beers here. So sure. Um, so. 
best place is well, I'm on LinkedIn. I'm old, so LinkedIn. I'm not as active on TikTok or anything. Although we are starting a TikTok, <laughs> do you call it channel? I don't even know. Um, 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 we have a YouTube channel, but bottom line is go to the website, try tri-merit, M-E-R-I-T.com. You'll find all our information there. I am pretty active on LinkedIn. And I do, as Matthew just said, I have a podcast called The Unique CPA. And my podcast I interviewed two people ago was with Matthew May. And uh, I am predicting it's going to be one of our most listened to episodes. So I'm, I'm, uh, I'm really looking forward to airing that one. That was a he, well, he is unique, Randy. Let's just yes. say that. I'll, I'll, I don't like to give him compliments, but I'll say Matthew is a unique individual. So, He's and Randy, I'm just saying, if if Kenji tries to get on the podcast, his CPA is no longer valid. I told him <laughs> it is not renewed. I told him no, I'm the, I'm mine the, is valid. I'm the unique you're, you're valid. All right, so that's what's unique about count. me. I'm an like, inactive. You're going to have to have an asterisk on CPA <laughs> yeah. on the podcast if you have him on. All right. The well, unique like, like, used to be CPA. Yeah, that's that's unique about me as I I chose to go inactive, and if I, I have an ast- it. Have, if I have an asterisk on there, like that's is that going to be like one of those like steroid seasons in baseball or something like it that? Is. It's going to be sure. like a very bomb season. Like, I, I'll, listen, I'll tell we're you, Chicago I'm guys. Guessing. We're Chicago yeah. guys. So Sammy Sosa, okay, not, not very <laughs> Well, I'm uh, say a Suzuki right now. I don't know if I'm saying this first name right, oh, but man, man. the current. Per- Current Cubs rookie is looking really good. Looking good. Looking That's good. Great. So, all right, let's rate. Let's rate some beers. Let's rate some beers here. I'm going to pull up. Um, I've got my. Let's see here. Viejo already pulled up. Um, I thought this was outstanding. I, I'm I'm going four four or five on this. I really like this. Um, this beer. That's that's getting a strong rating from me. The four and a half stars out of nice. five. Again, reminder, everyone, come follow us on Untapped. Randy's on there. He hasn't been active in years on Untapped. But how many check-ins, how many beers were on there, Randy, when you looked just a minute ago? I think, and I remember numbers, so I think it was 1,452. <laughs> and I haven't really posted in about five or six years. He's way ahead of us. Way ahead You're of an us. early adopter on Untapped like us. Yeah, so. We're, we're going to bring him back. We're going to bring him back in the midst. We're, we've connected with him. So if you follow us, Dude. you'll find Randy on there too. Do Matthew, Randy next. Do Randy, Randy next. next? Okay. Randy, yeah. what are you drinking again? You're the... He's drinking the... the, the Jungle the, Boogie. Okay. Jungle Boogie. Yeah, by Mars. M-A-R-Z. Okay. It's a Chicago brewery. I'm going to give a little story while I rate mine. Oh, Is yeah, that cool? Please, yeah, please do. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so so Jungle Boogie by Mars, they're, a, they're a, a small local brewery, really cool story, and I'm hoping I get this right, but they started kind of as a an outlet for home brewers to brew their, their recipes uh, uh, commercially, and Ed Marzuski owns it, really cool guy, kind of like a community leader on the south side of Chicago, and, and has a radio station, a magazine, and his family owns a, a, a very highly rated uh, uh, liquor store and now a restaurant. So, so this whole thing. But so Jungle Boogie, I don't know how many years ago, let's say it was eight to 10 years ago, and I'm probably, it's probably not that long ago. They, they were trying to come up with this recipe, one of the home brewers that would mimic uh, citra hops, because citra hops yeah. was the big thing, yeah. um, you know, a few years back, and not the easiest thing to get. And so, what they wanted to do was get those very fruity uh, uh, flavors uh, that citra hops would 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 give you, 
without having to use citra hops. So what they decided to do is brew a pale wheat ale. So it's, it's, it's a wheat. They're using mm-hmm. wheat as well um, and put rooibos tea in it. So the rooibos tea gave it like the tannins, gave it like the bitterness, which you need in, in any, uh, any beer really. And then the rooibos tea, besides the tannins, gave it this fruity aroma and, and, and flavor. And so what that does is it just creates this really like cool apricotty or peachy aroma and flavor. And it, it, it honestly is, at least for anybody in the beer industry in Chicago, it's a very iconic Chicago beer. <laughs> so Jungle Boogie. And after that, there's no way I can give it anything less than five. Five. Boom. Five. Five it is. That's awesome. I cannot wait to have that. I might go sneak one of those after this since you sent us some jungle boogie too. That's awesome. Matthew, you're drinking gorilla the- cookies. Gorilla cookies. And 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 I just want to say before I rate this beer, Randy, I feel like you see me. <laughs> <laughs> Like I'm trying to figure out what's a five, but I'm going to go four, seven, five. This is because I'm having an internal internal debate about what requires a five. And I I, I think like, I'm trying to think the only thing you couldn't do with this beer is drink. Like this is a one at a time drinking beer. Yes. So, so does that limit it from the five? I think it does a little bit, but like this is a one at a time drinking beer, but it is a like perfect first beer to start a weekend. It is the like, so it is what it is. So I don't know that it's a five. I'm going four, seven, five. I think you already put it, but I, I put it four, seven, five. That is a, but that's well described. That's a um, nice. I mean, if I could have a second one right now, it would be a five. <laughs> Wait, is that one gone? Yes. Okay, I can hear it in your voice. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This is I know him well. This Almost. is what I like Matt. This is what I like Matthew best. This is, this is what they call Sunday Matthew. So, yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah. I have I actually have not tried that beer, but I have that beer right here. And Matthew, after your review, I'm gonna go split this with my wife and son as well. And my son's yeah. 28 years old, so he's not a, t- a teenager. Okay. So all right. Well, Randy, we appreciate you so much coming on. Uh, this has been great. Uh, we dropped, we'll put some more information in the show notes where you can reach out to bring uh to, to catch up with Randy. Sounds like he's speaking all over the place. So I'm sure you can possibly see him at, at, at different events and things out there. And um, I think we'll be reaching out to him again to get some more help on expertise and what we're doing here. Uh, from drinking beer and talking accounting here on Drink While You Think. Really appreciate, Randy, you being on. And don't forget, everyone, feel free to subscribe, drop us some comments. Well, just an update on that, Kenji. Just so everybody knows, we've now taken over the Acuity uh, channel, the YouTube channel. So now it's just the Drink While You Think channel. <laughs> we so have if you not- subscribe <laughs> to this, all you will get is this. If you want accounting content, you got to go over to uh, like the accounting tips and trips. Those are moving to the Acuity uh, YouTube channel, but we kicked them out. So we, we, we kicked kick them, them out, out of this channel. It is now literally called the Drink While You Think channel nice. on YouTube. So uh, subscribe to our podcast, subscribe to our YouTube channel. We'd love having you. And if you want to uh, sponsor like Randy, all you have to do is send us beer, but it's important because Randy has now set a new bar. Like like the big part about Saints beer is like, it has to have a personal story. Like, I love that this is Chicago beer. I do too. I really appreciate yeah. Randy in particular. Like, we're like, oh, Matthew likes pastry stouts. Like, let's let's pick this one from Chicago. I really appreciate it. So thank you for that and, and, and coming on. It's always fun to talk to you, man. Well, thank you. Very and you, know what? You, you guys let me 
talk about my two passions, taxes and beer. How, what could be anything better? Yeah. What could be better? What could be better? Well, thanks for listening, everyone. Thanks for, Ray, for being on. Cheers. Cheers.